brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Why, hello, mind body musingsers. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that just keeps popping up in my life and won't seem to let me alone. And that's because this is a very prevalent theme going on in my days. And even though my heart was set on creating a different podcast episode, that's just not going to happen. That episode I will record later when I am in a different headspace, but today I need to talk about this. And I'm coming from this, uh, from a place of, I don't have the answers, but I'm here in this with you. So please know that Everything I'm going to be sharing in this podcast episode is going to be very vulnerable, very honest, and I'm going to give some insights, some truths, some help, and I'm going to provide for you also a feeling of not being alone. So today we're going to be talking about, well, I guess I'm going to be talking about the theme of grieving and more particularly grieving something that's more of an idea of what you had than grieving the actual reality of what was. And I will get very specific. So this past year, as many of you know, I have been sharing a lot about relationships. I've been very interested in articulating the lessons I learned about relationships. And to go even more honest, it has been a very, very challenging year with relationships for me. At the beginning of, well, I wouldn't say the beginning, I would say the middle of 2016 when I got back from my three-month Asia trip, I was showing up for myself in new ways. I was feeling more capable in my business and more capable in my life and really feeling like I was taking control in so many different realms. And I also made the conscious decision that I was ready to get out there and to date and to create a true partnership One year later, I can honestly say that I have had more ups and downs than my heart can, I guess, put 
more ups and downs than I ever thought I would have had. I'll just say it that way. It's been a lot of openness of presenting myself as here I am. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. I want to create something. Do you want to create something? Getting yeses in return and then something traumatic happening. Um, Something that changed my views on relationships to some extent. And that's not, I don't mean that in a bitter way as like, I don't believe relationships are love. I do not mean that. I absolutely believe there is true love out there for every single person. But I am right now in the midst of pain in relationships. And so that's what I want to talk about is what happens when you feel A, betrayed in a relationship, B, manipulated or C, left and alone and abandoned. Um, I have experienced all three of those things in this past year, all three of those things in this past week. And you might have noticed there was not a podcast episode last week. And that was me honoring myself and honoring you guys because I knew that if I had forced myself to create any type of podcast episode, it would basically be a wasted hour for you because I would not have my shit together essentially. And I know that if you are going to show up for me and I'm showing up for you, I want to make sure that I'm at my highest capacity to serve and I'm giving a message that's worth listening to. So today at this moment at 2.52 p.m. on Thursday, I feel prepared to open up about something that's close to my heart. And I have no notes on this. I have nothing written out. I have no idea what I'm going to share or what I'm going to say. Sometimes that ends up being the best podcast. Um, so here we go. The Like I said, the theme of this is grieving our idea of something rather than the reality of something. I want to I start this out by talking, um, well, sharing with you this really cool picture of uh, emotions that I found on the Instagram of the feminine shift. If you want to go find it yourself, it's the feminine shift. Otherwise, I'm going to read it to you. So what they what the account did is write out all these different emotions and what they mean for you. And I'm just going to read them all out. Anger tells you what's not okay in your world, but ignites change. Sadness, a need to heal and deal. Grief means it meant something to you. Overwhelm asks you to do it differently. Doubt, when you stop believing in yourself. Jealousy, resentment and formal rivals, they've got something you want. Insecurity, when you stop trusting your intuition. The feminine shift. I love that. And 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 all of those are so important. And if you're interested in learning more about anger, sadness, and grief, all of them, then I and anxiety, I recommend that you go to the podcast I did with Suzanne Hine, which we covered all of those. It was very in-depth, very, very beautiful, insightful chat. That's one that I refer to people to listen to often. But today we're going to be talking specifically about grief. And again, what they wrote, what the feminine shift put for grief is means it meant something to you. I and I'm not going to go into all the details on what happened but in this past year I I have been on and off with with a particular person in a relationship and the way that they showed up at the beginning of the relationship was everything I ever could have wanted I mentioned this person many times on my podcast at the very beginning of the year in January um, and maybe even December but I probably stopped soon after that because it was a rocky time it was a lot of 
ups and downs and highs and lows. And if you go to the episode, all the way back to the episode that I did with Mark Groves, you will actually hear my thought process about that relationship. I was very vulnerable because I was still in it at the time and I was just working out some of the thoughts that I was having around the relationship on that podcast. Now, I am a very strong person. I know this. You are a very strong person. I hope you know that. But just because you're strong and you are passionate and you are wise and you are independent does not mean that you will never fall prey or become, I will even use the word become a victim. I'm not saying I'm a victim, but maybe you were. Maybe you're strong, but maybe you were also a victim to something very painful happening in your life, such as emotional manipulation or emotional abuse with a partner. And one of the things I've noticed a lot is that people beat themselves up so much around this topic. If they enter a relationship with someone that treats them bad, they hold on to guilt and shame saying why didn't I know better I'm stronger than that I looked so weak this is awful of me I can't believe this I should have known better even years after and for some people this pain this self-sabotaging behavior this self-shame can be so debilitating it will keep them from pursuing goals dreams I mean it'll keep them of course from pursuing another relationship but even anything around themselves it's like they go into this inner turmoil land of I'm not worthy of having a home I love because I'm not smart enough to not be with someone who emotionally abused me. And like I said, I am not a psychologist or a doctor or a pro on any of this by any means, but I'm coming from a place of recent experience with this. And uh, through my own pain, I've had people tell me, well, at least you can have more... (laughs) at least you have more stuff you can say to your clients now about this. And and at the time I was like, I wish I didn't, honestly, I wish I didn't know, but I'm entering the stage where I am appreciative to have more of an understanding of what that feels like so that I can serve in a different way. And it only will get better because the, the less, the more I get out of this place of understanding this, how real this pain is, the more I'll be able to look at it objectively and and be able to serve from a place of of unattachment. Right now, I do feel attached to this. You know, if I if a client comes to me with a topic of emotional abuse, I am so ready to dive deep into this and to relate and to feel and to experience. But I personally prefer when I'm not in the midst of it myself. I'm I'm coming out of it, but. It's very fresh and that's why I decided this is the time to do this podcast. Not when I am 100% healed and ready and moved on and forgiven myself, but when I still feel what so many of you feel or have felt or maybe will feel one day and can revisit this podcast for. So the first thing I do want to say is self-acceptance is so important when it comes to this. One thing I like to do whenever I go through a period where I look at myself and I say, how could I have done this? Is I pretend just for a moment that I didn't have free will in the situation. And it takes off the pressure of me being upset at myself for making choices that got me to where I am. And that doesn't mean I don't take responsibility. Of course I do. But if my main struggle is I can't believe I let myself fall prey to this kind of behavior in another person, I act as if just for a moment that the universe conspired to ensure that experience happened and I didn't really have a choice. Because on the other side of the coin, the universe also conspired to get me out of it. 
So it was just a little drop into a situation and then a pull back out so that I knew what I know what it feels like and I know better next time. So that's how I take something positive out of a bad situation. And I'll add to that. That's only when I'm ready. Okay. So when this situation happened to me recently, um, People were telling me, be grateful, be grateful that you learned quickly that this person was a liar. And I said to them up front, I'm not grateful. I, I will be, I will be grateful, um, but not right now. And I appreciate if you don't put that on me quite yet. I know you're trying to support me, but don't try to push me into the land of gratitude and appreciation because I'm not there yet. And that's absolutely fine to say. I respect you for doing that if you ever do that. And I respect people, other people who do that. And, and also, when you hear from someone that they are not ready to have gratitude put on them, it'll make you think twice the next time you tell people that because some people just don't know. They just don't know that saying, be grateful you found out now that he's a liar or a cheater or this or that isn't really helpful at the beginning because it's not. It's not helpful. People want to sit in their pain and feel their pain and that's cr- a crucial part And I think when people say, be grateful, be happy, look at the bright side, all those types of things, that's what pushes us into this land of, oh yeah, I should get over it. I should get over it. I should move on. I should be happy. Yeah. Forget about this. When that pain never truly gets felt and experienced, it lives within, it lives within you. It stays. It does not leave. It goes down into your heart, down into your belly, down into your, your, your hips, your legs your elbows everything it's living there this pain is there with you and sometimes it can manifest into real actual pain if you do not give it the attention that it deserves and needs in order to move through you so that's one thing is allow yourself to set boundaries if you need to allow yourself to speak up and say I am not ready to be grateful thank you for being supportive and helpful but right now I need some space So this past year, like I was saying, I have been on and off with this one particular person in my life and I won't go into the details, but I did find out last week that there was a very, 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 very massive lie that was going on in the entire relationship. Um, This person had family members, I'll say that. And this person, it's so, it's, it's very challenging to talk about But it needs to be said, and I'm just trying to decide exactly how much to share um, that's relevant for it to be served for you. But essentially, this person had lied about having um, kids, and and, and this person had such a hard past, and I was always thinking I could be that person that gave them the love that they... um, never got as a kid and and looking at their past of being uh them being emotionally abused and beaten and physically abused and me thinking I will be that person to help them right I mean one of the biggest things for women is we have this ability to nurture and this desire to nurture and sometimes we put that first we think one that we can change someone right it's like that's one of the go-to things is but I'll change them I'll show I'll be the first person to show that I can provide this person love and I'm not saying that you can't be that okay I'm not I'm not at all saying that you can't take a person that's been broken in their past and be the first person to see them love them and help heal them because we do go into relationships for healing that's very true and and I'm open to that in the future But there are other signs you can look out for. For me, I was put down a lot and and I was 
shoved out a lot. I was very much shoved out. Or if I did something that this person didn't like, I would essentially be punished through emotional manipulation, such as being ignored, being um, left for like five days at a time with not a word. And when I would reach out, then this person would say, stop reaching out stop like I don't want you to reach out to me right now I I I just I'm working um or if even if I would say something like I miss you it would be like why do you why do you say that you know I have to work so I kept wondering why why is my love being deflected and put down and not reciprocated at some moments but then at other moments I got just enough to feel hooked and loved and cared for and seen but it was fleeting. It was fleeting. And this kind of relationship is very much tied to the kind of relationship many of you might be familiar with when it comes to dieting. It's like you feel like your entire life is out of control and then you go count your macros or you you follow this whatever diet plan for a few days. You get this very fleeting, satisfying feeling, but then it's gone. You want more and then you gain more control through your food and body. You lose a pound, whatever. You feel satisfied again for a fleeting moment, then it's gone, then you want more. And you keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And essentially, if you see that happening in your relationship, you're being pushed and pulled, please, girlfriend, do not cover up that emotion with the word passion. That is not passion. That's a fault of mine and a fault of many people thinking that the roller coasters of emotions of being included in someone's life and then pushed out is passion when it's not, it's not, hun, it's not passion. That's oftentimes just a triggered, activated attachment style. So for an anxious person who like gets anxious when someone disappears, that's what's happening. Your activation style is getting triggered. Buzzers are going off in your head that says, like alert, 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 gain intimacy, get close, find this person, be close to this person, fix the pain. And so that's why you crave to be near this person who left because you th- you think in your body and your bones and your mind and your spirit that the only way to heal this pain is going to go back to the person that created it. And this is pretty logic. This makes sense. I will never be like, oh, it's just a made up thing in your mind because it's absolutely not. This is very true. So I've talked about this before, but I'll share it again. For someone who is on the anxious attachment system style spectrum, or really anyone, um, but definitely an anxious person, if, if someone who you care about or you are attached to disappears and leaves, the same part of the brain that lights up and goes bananas when you break a bone lights up when they leave you. So this pain is so bad It is so bad. It's torture that, of course, you're going to ask yourself, how can I solve this? How can I fix it? If you had a broken bone and you knew that you could do something to fix it, you'd probably do that, right? You would probably take medication or you'd get a cast on. You'd go to the doctor. You would rest. You would do everything you could to solve it. And so if you are in this kind of relationship and you feel that your broken bone brain part is being lit up, your answer is fix it. And how do you fix it? You don't fix this pain by going off and journaling. You don't fix this pain by getting massage. You fix this pain by going back to the person that created it. Because essentially at that moment, they are the most logical source of comfort and safety. Because they're the, they're the ones that damaged it. And, and you're craving their approval. If they neglected you, you, you begin to crave their approval. Okay? And, and so this is why I don't want to use the word pointless 
I'll say fruitless. This is why it's fruitless to blame yourself for being with someone who was manipulative in any way. How could I love someone or want to be with someone that did this to me? It's fruitless to ask yourself that question day after day, year after year. When it comes down to a lot of it was chemical. A lot of it's an addiction. You were doing the best you could. Your fight or flight instinct said, save me and save me now. Do what you can. Text him, find him, reach out to him, be with him, fix your heart, fix your soul, get intimacy. You need intimacy. So there's a period, there's a period of time after this pain happens. There might be a a specific point where you have enough or a tragedy happens or um, betrayal happens. Something awful happens where the universe again is conspiring in your favor to end this. And you have to go through that pain of the broken bone brain for however long it lasts. So pain is inevitable. Okay. Pain is inevitable. You cannot live life without it. Suffering. Suffering is optional. So when you have experienced that emotion of pain in its full embodiment, I mean like crying in the bed on a Monday, missing work, can't move, can't eat, upset stomach, crying at every, like in every yoga class or when you get on the phone with people, rage, yelling, screaming, punching things, asking God why. That needs to be felt. I don't care if you are the strongest person in your household. I don't care if you are a millionaire. I don't care if you're an actor or an actress or people look up to you. No one is better than that. It's not about being better than that. You're a human and you have human emotions that need to be felt. If you act like you don't have these emotions or you deny these emotions, that in my mind is is insecurity-based weakness or insecurity-based, living an insecurity-based life if you're so fearful of feeling your feelings that you fight them. And sometimes this happens without you noticing it. Like like I was saying earlier, you might be just saying, I shouldn't care about this, I need to move on, blah, blah, blah. That's that's okay, hun. Like that's fine. I understand that. I, I was there too. And, and, and there is a certain point when I'm like, all right, I'm ready to heal now and be done. I don't want to think about this anymore. That's fine. That's okay. But if you never really got to feel that experience of rage and anger and, and maybe hatred, that might need to be felt and experienced so that you can finally come to the place of I'm free from it. Gratitude maybe. Maybe even feeling that gratitude that people might have once tried to put on you. You weren't ready then, but maybe you're ready now. And this is where the transition happens from pain to overcoming. That right here, so you allowing yourself to feel those feelings fully and to cry and to be upset and to grieve, that makes the distinction between whether or not you're actually going to pass through it or you're going to stay in it and enter the land of suffering. Suffering is when that thing has never truly been healed and you continue to choose that pain because you never sat down to ask yourself, like, why did this happen to me? How could this happen to me? And express your anger. Maybe it means writing a letter out that you're never going to send to anyone, but writing everything fully or just spending a few days in bed or not creating or not pushing yourself to be this certain person for others, be this strong person, be this example. 
So what I originally titled this um, episode was grieving what could have been instead of what really was. And this is where it comes full circle in my mind. One of the things I've noticed through this process of grieving for me is that what I've been grieving at the, at the beginning of it, I was, I what I did think I was grieving what could have been. Oh, we could have had this. We could have had this intimate relationship one day. We could have lived together. He's so um, charming and warm and funny and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. We could have had this family. We could have had all these things, right? But when I take a step back, we could not have had those things. Never, never could have, never would have. Those are the things I wanted. That's how I, I cultivated this idea in my head when I got so lost in this relationship, trying to fight what was to make what I wanted. Because if it really was what could have been, it would have been. It wouldn't have been so dang hard. It wouldn't have ended in so many tears and the feelings of abandonment and learning about betrayal and the lying. It wouldn't have had any of that. If that's actually the course that that relationship was going on for you, for me, for anyone else, you wouldn't have gone through the pain that you experienced. So when you are grieving, it's important to also know what you're grieving about. Are you, agree- are you grieving about the reality of something or are you grieving about your rose-colored glasses idea of what you could have had? And there's no judgment here. There might be a a, a time period where you need to grieve about what you thought could have been. And then you enter the land of grieving about actually what was. I believe the sooner you can come to realize what you're grieving about, the more clarity you gain, the more effective your grieving is. As nerdy as that sounds, if I'm going to be grieving and I'm going to be upset, I want to feel all of it, but I also want to know what I'm grieving. And when I finally got real with myself and I realized I was grieving the perception I had or the idea I had or what I so badly wished was in front of me instead of this is what all the possibilities and potential that could have happened, I felt better. Plainly put, I felt better. I felt better because I realized that this idea was never going to happen. So I didn't have much to lose, right? Like you've heard the phrase, you can't lose what you never had. That's what I realized when I got very clear with myself about what I was grieving. I realized I'm grieving something I never had and never could have had. It wasn't me crying, thinking about, oh, I could have had this thing. It was me saying, I lost, I'm losing something I never really had. And that's okay. That's okay to feel. That's okay to be sad about too. That's still sad. And I'm all, I also grieved a lot of things. I grieved like the first feeling of being lied to. I mean, I'm a very open person, as you guys know. And in my 26 years of relationships, I've never been lied to in this sort of way. And that was very traumatic for me. And, and I know I, I was also grieving the person that I am no longer. And I don't mean that in an exaggerated way as I have forever changed. I just mean there is something that's different. And it's not a bad thing. Honestly, one day I'll be grateful for it because it's making me wiser. It is truly making me wiser as a better coach too, but as a better human connector. And I know I know now what I want to do and the space I need to take for myself. And I'm really excited to focus on myself. But there was some grieving there of that innocent, I can trust everyone, everyone's got my back kind of idea that I had. 
but it's also making me more, um, what's the word? I feel more relatable now, I guess. Because by this age, a lot of people have experienced some sort of trust issues or mistrust or betrayal. And for me, I, was, I always came from the standpoint of, well, trust anyways. And I, I love that version of myself, but I also appreciate this new version of me that's not going to say just trust, trust, trust. And that can have more compassion because I know, I know more. When you know more, you do better. Or what's the phrase? When you, when you know better, you do better. And there is some sadness here, of course, and I'm going to feel this for months to come. But I'm, when, I, when I'm ready to move past that point and I'm ready to draw a line in the sand between the pain and the suffering, my goal is to do so and to take what I can and to learn. And whenever I, if, if it's a, a four o'clock on a Sunday in December and I need to break down and cry in the middle of a bowling alley, okay, you know, like, all right, bring it. Bring all the sides of being a human. Like I am not opposed to feeling this again and I know I will and I know I'll continue to feel it for a little bit of time. But I also know that there's something really good here. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to the universe for having my back, for getting me out of a situation that I couldn't do myself. And that's not because I'm not strong, you guys. If you didn't get yourself out of a situation and something traumatic had to happen to finally push you out, I hope, I pray, I really, really invite you to look at that as not weakness, but as love from the universe saying, you're a human, you're going through something hard, I'm going to help you out. This isn't about you being strong or being weak, babe, okay? If you didn't make the decision to leave someone that hurt you, or even if you did, and it just took a while, it's not about being strong or weak. Forget that. Forget about that label that you want to put on yourself. Just look at this. Look at it this way. Your back is being looked out for. Your life is being looked out for. Things might not always play out the way we hope or the way we want, but they are there. And they are conspiring for you. Might not be pretty, but I hope you can see it when it happens. I hope you can see these signs. And when you're ready, feel grateful. And then the next step is to dive deep into why it happened in the first place. How can you prevent something like this happening again? If you continue to step and move towards relationships that confirm your worst nightmare, let's say your nightmare is I can't trust anyone in this world and you continue to move towards people who give you a reason not to trust them, you have some underlying fears there. You have some underlying beliefs there. Your belief might be I'm not worthy enough to be with a person who's honest. And as a result, if that's what you're believing and putting out into the world, that's what you're going to get back. And that's some brutal honesty with you. So a lot of this work about creating the type of partnership, relationship, life that you want is realizing what subconscious beliefs you've been telling yourself still. What fears are you holding on to and bringing back into your life to just reconfirm those fears that you had? So if you have an issue with trust, I invite you to learn how to trust more. And that's for a whole nother podcast to dive deep into what actually to do. But I do invite you to look at those patterns and to give yourself grace and forgiveness because this was part of the plan. Might not have been part of your plan, but this was a part of the plan. 
And I am here for you. If you want to reach out, if you have anything you want to say about this podcast, if it helped you in any way, I would love to know if you have any more questions. I do have two books to leave you with. My friend Mark Groves recommended me to share these. One is Codependent No More. And the second one is Anatomy of the Spirit. So if any of this relates to you, I invite you to check out both those books. I will have both of those links in the show notes to this episode. Also, I'm not absolutely positive that those are on Audible because I didn't check. But if you go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings, you get a month for free of Audible and you can get a free book. And I'm pretty sure Codependent No More is going to be on there. So if you want to get that free audiobook, audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings. And the other announcement I have to share today is that I am hosting the Feminine Surrender, a retreat haven for restoring trust, flow, and expression. So if you are looking to step into a state of vulnerability, but also play and sisterhood, then I invite you to go to my website and go to the contact tab and reach out to me about coming to my retreat. I am hand selecting nine women to be there. We're going to get on calls to get to know each other and I really just want to know who you are so this experience if you hop on a phone call with me is not going to be a wasted experience because I'm going to learn about you and I want to slow down with you to actually see if this event would be something good for you but this retreat is going to be unlike any I've ever done before I am running out a mansion in the mountains of Boulder Colorado surrounded by deer and foxes and we're going to surrender to our ability to trust that the universe has our back through the power of acro yoga. And don't worry, I assume everyone's going to be a beginner, but we're going to learn how to trust and communicate and control when need be through acro yoga, which is partner yoga. It's incredible. If you've never seen it before, go to my Instagram. I have some videos of there of me doing acro yoga. And if you're feeling the state of anxiety, even thinking about coming, I invite you to stay to make the anxiety less important than the excitement. That's going to be your hardest job. Your hardest job is not going to be getting the flights or getting here. It's going to be choosing the excitement over the anxiety. Because if you're someone that has been choosing anxiety all of your life, listening to the fears of, I can't do that, that's too scary, I, I'm not going to be liked, I'm not going to be worthy enough, um, they're going to think I'm weird. If you're going to choose that voice, then you're missing out on the experiences that have the potential to create your best friends and a completely different life, a life shift. I have seen the most amazing things happen in my retreats, including people creating new jobs or creating new best friends and going and flying out to see them twice a year and doing their own retreats. Like it's beautiful, the shifts that happen here. So if you want to do acro yoga, if you want to have an, a special intention setting ceremony with me and play with jewels and gems, gems are going to be really awesome. I'm doing this gem intention setting ceremony at the retreat where I'm hand selecting a gem to go to each woman. More on that if you hop on a call with me. Uh, delicious, healthy, plant-based food with some protein options. I will ensure that if you have an allergy, you're good to go, you'll be fine. So if you are interested in the Feminine Surrender, please reach out to me on that contact page, or you can also go to the events uh, button on the menu of my website, and you'll see the Feminine Surrender right there, and you can click schedule a call, and we can get that locked and loaded so we can get to know each other. I am so grateful for your attention today. I know this was a heavy topic and I hope that you stayed with me. You're feeling your feelings, you're present and you learned. If you need to go back and take notes, I invite you to do so because this was a lot today and it's a lot to process. 
And if you have a friend who's going through something really hard like this, I recommend you send this podcast episode to them. It's a great way to spread the word and the love. Thank you guys for listening in as always, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.